the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Out a believing, amen. amen. Today, I want to teach on stewards of everything, possessors of nothing. Stewards of everything, possessors of nothing. God owns it all, so you are left with nothing. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, God owns it all, so I have nothing to my name. Okay, okay, okay. That is very, very important. God owns it all. The earth is the Lord's. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It said, the world and all its people belong to him. The New Living Translation. Somebody say, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Okay, so he says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. That is in a generic sense. When you also come specifically, the Bible calls, in fact, in the New Testament, there are, there are specific terms that God uses to describe us, to let us know that we don't belong to ourselves. We have been adopted, we have been elected, we have been chosen, all kinds of things. Those words describe our relationship with God. Somebody say, I belong to God. Say, I belong to God. Now, you see, that that revelation is very powerful. Because once you understand that you belong to God, anybody that is coming against you has already failed already. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you, you understand that and walk in the consciousness of the same, anybody who attacks the ambassador of the United States attacks directly the government of the United States. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it's the same thing. When anybody comes against you, he told Abraham, I'll bless you. And those who bless you shall be blessed. Those who curse you, you won't pray for their curses. They are already cursed. So they don't, they, you, they dare not curse you. That's what we are looking at. First Timothy 6, verse 7. He said, We didn't bring anything. The good news says, What did we bring into this world? And what can we take out of the world? Nothing. Somebody say nothing. Uh, so he says, you don't owe anything. Get that understanding. You don't owe anything. You brought nothing. And if you want to know how rich you are, you won't know it on this side. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you really want to know how rich you are, you won't know it on this side. You will know it on the other side. Praise the Lord. Because that is the place where treasures are stored permanently. As for here, the moment, you see, have you seen a rich man die? The moment they die, 
they are reduced to the poorest of the poor. You can put them in the most expensive casket. It doesn't mean anything. Put them in a metallic casket. It doesn't mean anything. Put them in a vehicle like mommy was describing last week. It doesn't mean anything. They are dead. Very soon, if you hang around them, the smells that will come out, you will know that this is a rich man. Am I communicating here? The Bible says, we brought nothing into the world and it is certain. The King James says, it's certain we can carry nothing out. So you can't really tell, I am rich, I am rich, I am rich. If you are very, very rich, where you are going, carry them along. If you want to know who owns stuff, <laughs> check out when people die. What they owe, where they take it. Because if you really own it, wherever you are going, you should be able to take it with you. Praise the Lord. That's why I'm telling you that if you want to know how rich you are, it's on the other side. Praise the Lord. That's why Timothy told them, he said, child, those that are rich in this world, that they, they know what to do with it so that they can store it for a time to come. Alright? The CEV says, we didn't bring anything into this world, CEV. And we won't take anything with us when we leave. Somebody say, when you leave here, you go say it when i live here, I, here. I, will go. I will go the same way i came way. how did you come ask your neighbor how did you come with a lamborghini with a mercedes with a house you brought nothing and you are going the same way now you see this understanding will help you so that the things that you will get in between you have an arrival point you have a departure point now in between the date of your arrival and the date of your departure, many things are going to come to you. What you do with them will determine what happens on the other side. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, you brought nothing and you carry nothing. Now, this understanding will also humble you in the way you relate to the things about the grace of God you have gotten. Praise the Lord. You didn't bring it. And you can't carry it. Praise the Lord. So it's it's so important. Jesus said in John 3, verse 27, no one can have anything unless it's given to him. I'm establishing the fact that you are a steward, you possess nothing. Somebody say, I'm a steward. I'm a steward. I, possess I possess nothing. Okay, yeah, that's it. You are a steward, you possess nothing. Everything you have. Is that which is given to you? Nothing you no one can have anything unless it is given to him. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Somebody say a long trip. Okay. He called together his servants. I want you to take note of a number of things in this reading because they are very vital for the teaching. He says he called his servants. Somebody say his servants. And entrusted his money. Entrusted what? His money. So he called his servants. He entrusted his money. Now go ahead. He gave five bags of silver to one. Two bags of silver to another. And one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to the abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver. Began to invest the money. And earned five more. The servant with two bags also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of money dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned. Somebody say, after a long time. Say, after a long time. 
Uh, so all of us have been given stuff. But there's a day coming that all of us will be required to give accounts. There are some people that are very good with accounting. There are some people, if you give them money, they have not spent it, but they can also account for it. I remember uh, about six months ago, there was an issue that I was called to help somebody deal with. And he was saying that he knows the guy has not chopped the money. And he, but he can't account for it. I said, I don't understand what you are saying. <laughs> yeah, because if the money has not been spent, it should be there. If it is not there, there should be an accounting for it. Praise the Lord. But if there is no accounting for it, the money is not there, and you are telling me you know. <laughs> you are a mysterious man. After a long time, the Bible said the master of those seven returned and called them to give an account of how they had used his. How they have used his. Huh. You have to understand this very, very well. If God can give you more resources or not, it depends on how you relate with it. Verse 21. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now look at how he calls it. Small amount. So I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest. And I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came, follow this closely, came and said, He did not come with something in his hands. He came with a lot of explanations. Yeah, he came talking. Came talking. <laughs> I think he was a Ghana man. He could talk a lot. Master, let's read it together and go. Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you did not cultivate. Okay. I was afraid I would lose money. So I hid it in the air. Okay. So he admitted it was his master's money. But the master replied, let's go. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate. Verse 27. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Look at that. 28. Then he ordered to take the money from it. To those who use well, what? Even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Take note, the word is those who use well. Well. Those who use well. May I tell you this morning, probably one of the reasons why you are broke is because you are not using it well. When you use it well, you are guaranteed more. But when you don't use it well, you, it will be depreciating every time. Those who use it well, they use it well. Now, verse 30. He says, Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not talking about hell, but uh, time will not uh, permit me. Okay, so we are still Somebody say, We are stewards. We are stewards. What are we stewards of? Three things. We are stewards of time, we are stewards of our talent, and we are stewards of 
our treasure. Somebody say, we are stewards. Okay, so you have to be very mindful how you spend your days. Ask your neighbor, how are you spending your days? Turn to your neighbor and say, ask him, how are you spending your days? All right, so you are steward of your time. Somebody say time. Okay, time, 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 time. Everybody has time. But do you know that we all don't have the same time? I used to think that we all have the same time. But we all don't have the same time. Yeah, I used to think we all have the same time. But we all don't have the same time. Okay? When you wake up, you have the same 24 hours. But overall, you don't have the same time. Somebody will go at 35. Somebody will go at 50. Somebody will go at 70. Somebody will don't go at the same time. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Every time the Bible talks about time, it talks about wisdom. Because what gives you authority over time is wisdom. The chronos time, that is time as we have it, one hour, two hours, what gives you authority over it is wisdom. Without wisdom, time will mess you up. You will keep on dreaming, but you will never see them come to pass. It takes wisdom, Ephesians chapter 5, and verse number 15 to 16. So be very careful how you live. And I pray that in this half, you will live carefully. Amen. May you live carefully. Amen. Be very careful how you live. Some of us, the first half, we have lived our lives for ourselves and ourselves only. You have not been engaged in any meaningful kingdom activity. And some of us, we use our time only to serve us. They serve us. So it's about your work. It's about your family. It's about your business. That's all. You never avoid time to actively engage in a kingdom activity. Be very careful. It says, be careful how you live. Not like those with no understanding. Why? Because as for the men of Isaac, because they had understanding of time. All their brethren were at their command. They were in authority because they were men of understanding. They knew what to do. They knew what to do at what time. But live honorably with true wisdom. Can you see wisdom repeated here? Can you see wisdom repeated here? He said with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. May you spend your life for his purposes. And the next half, may souls be established in your name. Amen. May your life count for eternity. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you live your life here and all the meaning your life had was life here, you are of all men most miserable. Our life here is given us so we can prepare for a meaningful existence in eternity. Are you here with me? Okay, so verse 16, he says, "Take yeah, that's it, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Somebody say, my time, my time. I'm a steward of it. Steward. Yeah, God gave it to you. And stop thinking that, I mean, I meet people all the time who tell me I'm doing this course. When I finish, I'll come and serve God. Who tells you you may finish the course? People talk with such arrogance as if they, they own their lives. That's why I want you to understand that you are a steward. When I finish this, I mean, some people can say, oh, me, uh, I'm a young man. I need to use my energy to get me some money. When I grow old, when I hit about 40, listen, I'll come and serve God. I'll come and spend time in ministry. You think God uses old women and old men? <laughs> I'm not communicating here. 
When you are retired, that's the time you want to come and serve God. The Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Am I communicating here? It's key. Let's, let's not forget this. Number two is your talent. Somebody say talent. Do you know you are talented by God? Gifts and abilities have been given to you. Some of you are very gifted with numbers. Numbers. Others, you are gifted. You see pictures and they stick. Very creative people. God has gifted all of us and spirit that is with spiritual and natural abilities and all of that we are stewards of it. It is your gift that is making you work maybe with the World Bank or with the Bank of Ghana, wherever you are working. It's a gift God placed in you. Somebody said a gift God placed in me. Yeah. What you are earning money from is not something that you your mother gave you, it's something that God put in you. It's not everybody who can go to school and read medicine and become a doctor. Somebody read it for one semester, it enters their head and they never go there again. I'm not communicating here. Because they don't have the capacity for it. But for God to endow you with all that ability. Now you are finished. You are earning so much. And God is not a factor in your finances. You are only operating like the rich fool. Who, think, who thought that everything he had came by his own might and energy and strength. See some of them talk. Uh, how can you work out and earn your money and go and give it to church? That's a fool talking. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because this person doesn't know that somebody talked like that in the Bible and he couldn't see the next day. Praise the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says, however, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Somebody say the generosity of Christ. And I'll be using this very soon, the generosity of Christ. God has given a special gift. In the book of First Peter 4, verse 10, he said, Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards. Look at that. Faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Faithful stewards. Faithful stewards. Faithful stewards. And we'll come there. And then, of course, treasure. Somebody say treasure. treasure. Say treasure. treasure. Say treasure. Okay, treasure. When I talk about treasure, I'm talking about your money. I'm talking about your salary. I'm talking about your business money. The money you are getting. The money that is entering your hands. Look at look, uh, Matthew 6, 19. Don't store. <laughs> Don't store up treasures here on earth. Where moth eat them and rust destroy them. Where thieves break in and steal. Now, when, when you are making investments, now, I'll, I'll come to teach maybe along before the year ends on making spiritual or eternal investments. Praise the Lord. But just for by way of uh, a touch point, he said, Don't store up treasure on earth where moth eat and rust destroy them and where thieves break in. You see the number of things that can attack treasure on earth? Am I complicating here? All of this, every investment, no matter how great, men's gold. Uh, K, K, uh, uh, DKM Noble Dream The dream may be noble But <laughs> it can still die <laughs> I'm not communicating after No matter what Real estate I, was, uh, I heard somebody preaching Some time back and said The only estate that is real Is real estate I said the real estate That the flood came They couldn't stand the only estate that is real is heavenly estate. Did you hear what I said? That's the only estate that is real. That's the only estate. That's the only estate. That's the only estate. That's the only estate. And you see, when you have the mindset that that estate is the most, the, the most authentic estate, 
then God can now entrust you with an earthly estate. You see, these things I'm teaching, you might just be thinking, oh, pastor is saying this so that we'll bring all our money to church. Now listen, 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 listen. It's not, God is not in need. God is not broke. One of the things I, I, I have determined never to do in my life again is to leave someone with an impression about a good God who is a good God. I never want to present God as a bad personality to anybody. In the New Testament, we see God's kindness and goodness. Okay, so the Bible says, don't store. Somebody say, don't store. Do you know that the reason why God may not give you $100,000 is because he knows what you do with $100,000. He knows it. He knows it. That's what, what I'm telling you. You have to really understand it. He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. Some of you, you really have in your heart to become, uh, have a lot of money. I have bad news for you. You will never have it. I'm telling you. You never have it. Because God knows you so well. You see, if you are not a child, you are different. Because Satan can even give you money just to destroy you. Satan can help you, assist you to get money just to destroy you. When Jesus was going to the cross, Satan told him, I'll give you the world and all the things in it. You don't need to go. I'll give it to you. You don't need to go. He provided you will not go. Provided you will, you will damage your destiny and your future. I'll give it to you. But once you become a child of God, that's why once you become a kingdom person, you need to know how the kingdom works and operate within the context of the kingdom or else you struggle. You will struggle. Your dreams will never become a reality. Because God knows you so well. And he loves you so much. Look, he didn't die so you'll be rich. He died so you'll be saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. The prosperity is a package of the salvation. But the objective of Christ coming to die is your salvation. If you give you money and lose your soul, it's not worth it. Because what shall I profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? God is wiser than you. And he loves you too much to give you what will destroy you. So, he, he has to be satisfied that when he gives us the money, he will have us. Am I, are you here with me? Yeah. If he will give you the money and he won't have you, why will he waste his time? Now, with your queer, queer business, you are so busy, you don't have time for him. Your queer, queer business. Yeah. Queer, queer, queer business. So, if he gave you, if he gave you an international contract, you have no trouble with your business to Togo here to and you don't have time for God. So if he gave you an international contract that would take you to the seven continents of the world almost every other month, do you think God will be a factor? Listen, let's not deceive ourselves. God, the Bible says, he knows our thoughts from afar. What you will think in 10 years, God knows it. Let alone what you will do in now. Don't store. Somebody say don't store. Now, so this scripture tells us a lot of... Let's, let's read the verse 21. Store your treasures in heaven where moth, rust cannot and thieves break in and steal not. Go to verse number 21. Where your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Interesting thought here. One treasure can be stored. Somebody say it can be stored. Uh -huh. And you can only store treasure in only one of two places. Only one of two places. Either in heaven or on earth. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Treasure can be stored. It can be stored. You see, the reason why the poor, in, the rich in the world will be miserable after death is because, look, you remember the story of the Lazarus and the poor person? The moment they died, the equation changed. 
The man was prosperous, exomptuously, did everything. But the moment he died, he realized he wasted his life. You see? And poor Lazarus had become so rich. So rich in the bosom of Father Abraham. So rich. This man was so poor that he wanted water. Sachet water. He couldn't buy. He couldn't afford it. A man who ate sumptuously every day could not afford sachet water at the point of death. That becomes so miserable. He lost everything. And the reason he lost it was because while he was alive, he didn't stop. Lazarus was broke. Dogs were, but he was storing. He was storing. He was storing. He was storing. May I ask you this morning, are you storing something? You have an investment. Within IB, you have an investment. Here, you have an investment. There, you have an investment. But are you making investment here? Are you making investments there? Are you making investments there? How conscious are you that your life here is a gift to you to prepare you for there? If the rich man had known that whatever he had could secure him a better place there, I'm sure he would have used it differently. And you see, you don't have to make that mistake. That's why the scripture was written for us. The Bible said whatever was written at four time was written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures will learn sense here. You see, if God does not punish man, anyone who rejects Christ, <laughs> then he will be a very unjust God. It is the justice of God that will make him punish anybody who had an opportunity to be saved and rejected it. Because we have seen how God has dealt with people who rejected him in time past. We have seen it. Can you imagine Sodom and Gomorrah? They never knew how if you went against God, they never knew it. They have never seen anybody do it. So they, they couldn't. But for us, it is written for our learning. It's written down for us to know it. To see it. That's why there is no source of true wisdom than the wisdom of God. God's word is the most authentic source of wisdom. Because it tells you what has happened before, what is happening now, and what will happen tomorrow. That's only, there's no school you go and they can tell you what will happen to you. Now, even while you are there, you have just started the course. Three months course. they, They can't even tell you what will happen the next day. Let alone tell you what will happen today. The best, they will plan and tell you that tomorrow. The lecturer will tell you tomorrow, I'm going to start a cell biology. He may not live to start it because he lacks the power to control tomorrow. But God, through his word, has helped you to see what happens to people now based on how they live, what will happen to pe- what has happened to people in the past, what is happening to people now based on how they are living, and what will happen to people in the future based on how they live. I'm not communicating here. Listen, if you expose yourself to the word of God and you still walk in foolishness, it's your choice. Then he tells us our treasures reveal our heart. So among many things that are, we can pick from here, treasure reveals our heart. Somebody say, my treasure, my treasure. reveals my heart. Reveals. If I need to tell whether you love God or not, you know where I need to check? Your account, your checkbook, that's where it tells. If I want to know you love sports, let me see the amount of investment you make into it. If I want, uh, if I, I want to see how fashionable you love the fashion, let me go to your wardrobe. It will be, there. it will show everything: shoes, red, yellow, green, all kinds, all manner of colors. There's, there's, there's a shoe color to match every dress. That's a, a person who loves fashion. Am I communicating here? There's this man KKD. When he appears, you know a man has appeared. Somebody who loves himself has appeared. 
I don't know his uh, his stance with God, but such a person, if he says you are giving money to church, he may tell you you're a fool. But he's giving money to something that will perish tomorrow. Something that is invoked today, but is out of date tomorrow. Am I communicating here? Now, I want you to appreciate that faithful stewardship will always be rewarded by God. Somebody say faithful stewardship. stewardship. Say faithful stewardship. It will always be richly rewarded by God. I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaking or is he begging for bread. Faithful stewardship. I'm sharing with you timeless truths that I have practiced and lived as a student, as a worker, and as a full-time pastor. Praise the Lord. Yeah. When I went to tech, my father was not poor. My father had money. But when he died, because he had many wives, nobody should marry multiple wives. Do you understand what I'm saying? Try your best and stay with one. One woman is not small. Managing one woman is not small. So, whatever will make you think that you can add on and be free, it's a lie. You see, when pressure comes, listen, when, when pressure really mounts, most of the time we begin to look for options. You think of options when pressure comes. When you have money and you are listen, if you are giving your 100 CDs tight, it's not a challenge. But you can stay all night and be calculating 100 CDs out of 1,000. You calculate. Is it 80 CDs? 90 CDs? Because pressure is mounting. You are, you are indebted one left, right, center. And the people are calling you. So you are not sure anymore what 10% per, per of 1,000 is. <laughs> Somebody say pressure. <laughs> no, pressure can mount people up. And so when this woman is giving you pressure, and you meet this one, that, is, that looks like gold. That looks like everything is ba- fresh bread. Today's bread. From the oven. You will think that there is no challenge. Listen. <laughs> the similarities between women are too many. The differences between women are not too many. That's what I wanted to say. The differences between women. And don't say, Pastor, how many women have you been exposed to? Too many of them. I have dealt with one. And I'm dealing <laughs> and I'm dealing with others who are also dealing with one. And when we meet and we talk, I know the value is the same everywhere. Am I communicating here? There's no woman here who is not excited about shopping. I'm telling you. There's no woman. Oh, media, me a very economical, me a very economical. Listen, push her a little further. All the economists will go. They love to shop. They love to listen. That, that, so when you understand that this this place I am running to, Adolfo Frodiado, Nairobi. Somebody say faithful stewardship. Will always be rewarded with abundance. Yeah, we saw it. If you look at the man Abraham, the Bible says Abraham was old. Uh, Genesis 24, verse 1. Genesis 24. Genesis 24, verse 1, please. The New Living Translation. It says, Abraham was very old man, and God had blessed him in every way. Can you see that? God had blessed him in every way. Why did God bless Abraham in every way? Blessed him in every way. Where did it all start? He blessed him in every way. In your old age, may you experience every way blessing. Amen. I said, every way blessing. Amen. 
everywhere blessing. You see, whether you live well or you did not live well, do you know the time that it will really tell? It's your old age. Oh. <laughs> it's your old age. It's your old age. There was no party. Me, me, me like this. I have never, I never had a birthday party as a child. Growing up. No, 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 no. Obey birthday parties. Birthday parties. That means the whole year obey birthday parties. Yeah, birthday parties. Even our names, our names, me, my name, my, my original, original name. My father gave it to about three of us. <laughs> so listen, let me tell you. So if I have to answer to that name, okay, if my other brother is there and you call, there will be confusion. Because he was producing too many. And he, he couldn't think fast of which name to use again. <laughs> you see? <laughs> so I had to adjust. When the children came at some point, mommy said, birthday party. Ah, for the children. <laughs> I said, this woman, she just wants to waste my money. <laughs> I'm, I'm not communicating here at all. One as a child, but we've done some for them, yeah. Yeah, because I, I can't say that because I didn't do it. That is why I also have a woman who had a birthday every time. You see, that's how God balances the equation. So, when somebody is helping you, humble yourself, praise the Lord. But listen, the Bible said Abraham was old and he had been blessed everywhere, everywhere, everywhere everywhere. Do you know why? Because he saw God as his steward. He saw himself as a steward and God as his source. You remember when he went for the kings and the king said, uh, I take the people and give me, take the, this and give me the people. Abraham said, no, don't worry. I'm not going to take anything. Lest you say I have made Abraham rich. <laughs> because I'm connected to the God of the Most High. He's my source. And because he's my source and I, I'm his steward, there's no way I will lack. When God came to Abraham, who saw himself as his steward, and he told him, Abraham, take your son, your holy son. <laughs> when you read Genesis 22, verse 1, he didn't pray over it. He didn't think it was from the devil. You say you are a steward. God is talking to you about giving a particular seed, and he has been speaking to you over one month. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. He doesn't work like that. Am I communicating here? Yeah, you, you see, let's be real. Most of the time we think, when, when you, Christianity is a very practical faith. If you try to pretend and this, you will struggle. If you see anybody struggling with his faith or in his Christian adventure, it's because they are not real. They are fake. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God said, yes. He replied, here I am. Verse 2. He says, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. Go to the land of Moriah. Go sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you of. Now look at the word he used. Take your son, your only son. That is it. Your son. You know, you know why Abraham could... Abraham did not see him as his son. He saw it as a gift from God. Because even the, the thing that produced it, 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 it wasn't from him. 
You think 100 year old? What, 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 what was he doing? How will he produce? How will he work it? Listen, listen, there's no way. There's no way. So when you go to Hebrews, the Bible tells you how it came about. By faith. Abraham did it by faith. <laughs> Sarah received it by faith. It wasn't, it wasn't something. Because biological clock, medical clock, everything was against them. So it had to be done by faith. And that faith is a gift from God. Am I communicating here? That's how God worked it. So he saw it as Listen, you built a house. Hey, well, you, look, you can look at this. Hey, this is my house. It's so nice. I love this house. When God talks to you about a sale, ah, now I'm on for bah, I'm on for me. 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 i and I'll be showing you how your disposition should be towards things. I mean, towards things. Towards things. Uh, since I started working seriously with God, I don't remember a season where I failed to honor God with the tithe and the first fruits. Praise the Lord. I've done it consistently as a student. Now, I worked before. I was a teacher. I understood the principle of first fruits I heard it on campus, understood it, and I started practicing it the moment I started my national service. Praise the Lord. And I practiced it consistently. I'm not communicating here. Consistently. You can't, you can't pick my tithe book for any season and see that there's a blank page. You know, every month, because something must enter my hand. And I'll be talking about faithful in sowing seeds. Because the last time I checked, God gives bread to eaters and seed to sowers. And when you are a seed sower, you don't pray for a harvest. But when you are a bread eater, you pray, give me this day my daily bread. Am I communicating here? That's the difference. Seed sowers don't pray. Because once you plant a seed, there's a guaranteed harvest for you. Am I communicating here? You see, you have to understand spiritual law, work it consciously. And listen, don't be in a hurry. This text we are reading is very important. He said, after a long time, two people start their thing tomorrow and they want harvest. I've been tithing for one year. One year. <laughs> I gave first fruit last year. I've not seen anything. I gave many, many that I didn't see anything. Am I communicating here? Yeah. After a long time, after a long time, you don't give birth to a child today, and if the child is a normal child, you see the child, you can send the child, you can, no, 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 tomorrow. After you plant the child today, he said, tomorrow, you must go and collect your salary from the bank. The child girl born, your child is how many weeks? A few weeks old, Abby. Few weeks now, you say, hey, wake up. Go and bring me money from the bank. It doesn't work. Anybody who is around will see that that's a madman. And some of us, we operate like madmen when it comes to spiritual things. You planted a seed today. There must be harvest. <laughs> the Bible talks about seed time and harvest. Take your son. He saw himself as a steward. Listen, you can't go through scripture and meet a faithful steward. And the word is a faithful steward who was not rewarded by God. In this life and the life you after. In this life and the life you after. I want to share with you briefly three pillars for faithful stewardship. If you are going to be a faithful steward, there are three pillars that are very critical. Very, very critical. And I want us to read these two texts. 
the servant who had been given 1,000 coins, then came in and said, Lord, I know you. Somebody say, I know you. Okay, so the servant who had been given 1,000 coins then came in and said, Lord, I know you that you are hard to work with, to work for. You are, you are hard to work for. You, are, you harvest what you don't plant and gather crops where you have, having scattered seed. This, this guy was a very hot guy. <laughs> to really look at your boss like that and tell him that. And some of us, the things we... You see, before he said this, he had been thinking this for a very long time. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. You can't say it, but this by heart. He has been thinking it for a long time. So all the while he's working with the boss. This guy is a wicked person now. See the way he's shopping. He's here alone. He's enjoying. See the way we are struggling. Monkey the way Babu the chop. That's his mind. Now get it straight. There are some of us we are working with people and that's the mind. That's the mind. You can't wait to very soon I will live here and go and start my own. Listen. Until you are proven faithful in that which is another man's, your own will struggle. Don't join somebody's business, get one, two keys, and immediately I'm going away. You are going away to fail, madam. You will fail very well. Am I communicating here? He said, I know you. Do you know why a lot of people are poor stewards and they can't give consistently to God? They know God wrongly. They know him wrongly. They know all the wrong things about God. They don't know him. This guy, he was, look at the boss. He said, I know you. Really? You harvest where you have no sown. You gather crops that you haven't scattered. Now let's look at uh, uh, Genesis 39 verse 7 to 9. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, Must my master trust me with everything in his entire household? Can you see that? My master does what? Trust me. Because this thing, you see, this thing about giving tight, see sowing is all about trust. It's all about trust. That's why it is. You can't give, it's because you don't trust God. You think God is a 419, God will rob you. When you give to him, you will lose. That's what you are thinking. That's why you look at everybody carrying an envelope as a fraud. That's it. That's your mentality about God. He says, look, verse 9, look at this. Verse 9, look at this. Verse 9. No one, now look at this. I want you to see the contrast. This is, there's a picture of one who has a certain mindset about his boss. And another person seems to have a different mindset altogether. And these guys function differently. He said, no one has more authority than I do. He was a steward. That's a steward. <laughs> he was a steward. No one has more authority. Some people think that when you are a steward, you, you will never have authority. You will never have power. <laughs> but that's it. When steward starts, when you start your stewardship, that's how it looks. It looks like there isn't much coming out of it. It looks like you can never rise. It looks like you always be down. But it's a matter of time. One day of favor can change everything with God. Am I communicating here? It builds up. You, you, I, I like it so much when the Bible talks about when the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. When the clouds... Uh, I mean, uh, 
So at some point season in my life, I'd been giving and giving and giving consistently, and I was not seeing harvest like I expected it. And I sat down. I said, there must be an answer somewhere. There must be an answer somewhere. What is it that I'm not... You know, somebody went to Christ and he said, I've done everything. He said, one thing you lack. I said, what is it that I'm lacking? Because you see, my position as far as God is concerned is that he's always right. I trust the word of God and the authority of God's word absolutely. Whatever God says, I believe it and it settles it. And so if something is not working, I will not blame it on God. And in this series, maybe I may teach on why many people don't receive financial harvest. Yeah, I think I should teach to complete it. Why many don't receive this, so they don't receive and they don't understand why. Then the Spirit of God took me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. He said, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Then he says, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. How many of us have seen a beautiful cloud and it looks like it's going to rain? <laughs> Only to look at it and after some hours or so, everything seemed to... And maybe when you saw it, you were so excited because the heat. Recently, the weather is changing and it's so nice. How many of you are enjoying the, the weather now? So nice. So nice. I'm telling you. Waking up can even be a challenge. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. But just about three months ago, <laughs> when your eyes opens, <laughs> you won't sleep again. Yeah. He says, when the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. But you see, that means that I must make sure that constantly I am making evaporation takes place to fill up my clouds. You see, it's, it's, it's cyclical. It's evaporation, condensation, rainfall. You know what so? Yeah. Evaporation, condensation, rainfall. So if there is no evaporation, there won't be condensation, there won't be rainfall. And it has to go up and fill it up. That's what the Bible said. He said, when they be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. He says nobody has authority. Now look at this. He has held back nothing from me except this man was a fantastic steward. Yeah. Joseph, amazing guy. Because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing and it will be a great sin again? Now this, this is what a steward truly knows. A steward knows his limits. Am I complicating here? A true steward knows his limits. That's what Adam missed and he lost everything. <laughs> and most, most people have lost everything and they are pretending to have something. There are people you think you are looking at them, they've lost everything in the spirit. And it's just a matter of time it will appear in the flesh. He said, you, you, he's not withheld anything except you. He gave Abraham, uh, Adam everything in the garden. Everything. He said, of every tree, there's one, don't touch it. And that is the very one Adam touched. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. He says, under the old, he told them, everything belongs to God. I enjoyed last week's message because you have to understand that it's not 10% that belongs to God. It's everything that belongs to God. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You see, the erroneous teaching we receive, and it's not erroneous, it's a fundamental teaching. As you are growing, your understanding is growing. Am I communicating here? Yeah. As you are growing, your understanding should be growing. But if you are growing and your understanding is not getting deeper, something is wrong. Because when you were a child, you thought as a child, you spoke as a child, you understood as a child. When you become a man, 
you must put away childish things. And tightening ten percent straight, ten percent tightening is a childish thing. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm telling you on authority. If that's where you are, it's okay. Try and be faithful with it. But it's a childish thing. Because look at, look at how amazing this God is. He's giving you all and all you can think of. And you, you, are, you are excited about is 10%. 90 out of 10. The one who is your source, the one who is your sustainer, the one who is your supplier, the one who is your sufficiency, you give him 10 and you are okay. And you are even proud. That's why Jesus was amazed at the Pharisee who came and said, I fast twice a week. I give 10% of what Jesus said. See you. You are a foolish man. Do you know why I'm here? I'm not here to give 10% or 90%. I'm here to give myself. Am I communicating here? That's why he looked at me and said, look at you. In your hypocrisy, you are standing in judgment. I am going to give my all. And I'm not even going to condemn the, the woman caught in adultery because of what I'm going to do. And you are rising up in judgment. How dare you? Am I communicating here? That's it. He said because you are his wife. Let me tell you. In this life, if we gave you a million dollars and you spent all, you'd be poor. Nobody spends every money he receives and advances financially. And when you are a spiritual person, the thing is not yours. So if God gives you, you should always be thinking about what is his and a seed to sow. Am I communicating? What is his and a seed to sow? When you give 10%, you've done well, but don't uh, try and push us to clap for you because heaven is not clapping for you. Am I communicating here? Heaven is not clapping for you. you know, I mean, I've, I've read quite uh, some number of books on these things and I found all kinds of interesting debates. Those who are for 10%, those who are not for 10%, and I see it as a childish debate. Children are debating 10%. Should we do it? Should we not do it? What's my position? Start it as a foundation, but grow from there. Am I communicating here? Start it as a foundation, but grow from there. Start it as a foundation, grow from there. Requiring in the U.S. gives 90% to God. He keeps the 10%, and that 10% is more than enough to keep him. I am trusting God for a certain percentage. There's a certain percentage I'm operating now. I'm trusting God that I, but at a certain age in my life, I should be given a certain percentage and I'm targeting it. It's a vision. I'm not communicating here. It's a vision. Why? Because I'm thinking about my investment up there. All of us have certain dreams. I mean, I thank God a lot of you are young. I mean, all of you, there's a certain age, there's a certain status you are dreaming of in the flesh. Any reasonable young man walking here. Here you have a setting. But the question is, are you dreaming of something like that in the spirit? Do you think about something like that? Are you dreaming of something like that in the spirit? All you are thinking about by 40, you know, I should be in my own house. By 40, I should be by by the time I'm 50, by the time I'm 35, I should that's all but what are you what is going on in the spirit? What is the guarantee that you even hear the fault you are talking about? I'm not communicating to people here. Listen, he says, I will not do this thing. One, it's a wicked act against my boss, who is a good boss. And two, it's a sin against God. That's stewardship. Why are you stealing from the man you are working from? And you claim you're a believer. Because my salary is small. Stop that childish excuse. 
Am I communicating here? Yeah, yeah. You can't keep on stealing and say, uh, uh, because my salary is small. Listen, if you steal where your money is small, where your money becomes much, you still steal. He's not, he's not, you're a thief. A thief is growing in you. It's, it's just growing in you. Petty thief, there's nothing like that. It is petty thieves that grow up to become armed robbers when the opportunity is set. Am I communicating here? That's what Joseph said. I will not. I will not. Now listen, there are three important pillars if you are going to be a faithful steward when it comes to financial stewardship. That's what I'm talking about, really. You have to, number one, anchor your stewardship on the graciousness of the master, the master's graciousness. Somebody say the master's graciousness. The master. You see, in the New Testament, we can't talk about stewardship without an understanding of grace. Grace, 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 grace. Theologically, there are two types of grace. They, they have what they call common grace and they have what they call uh, special grace. Special grace is a grace that you acquire by revelation where God gives himself a revelation of himself to you. That is the kind of revelation, the grace that brings us into salvation. Common grace is the grace that God gives to everybody. Uh-huh. So the Bible says he makes his, rain, his sun to shine upon the good and the evil. That's common grace. Everybody gets that. All right? You have to understand the graciousness of God. Somebody say, my God is gracious. Oh, my God is gracious. Paul was talking about giving in the New Testament and First uh, uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. He says, I do you be to wait of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. And he went on. He talked about the grace upon the churches of Macedonia and he talked about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For you know. Somebody say, know it. Huh. You see, the foundation, and an important foundation. Mommy said the foundation for stewardship is God is my source. Now, the pillars, one is the graciousness of God. Somebody say the graciousness of God. Now, listen, if you are able to work 30 days without any incident, drive, go back to go to work and come home, or sit in the car, go back and come home 30 days without any incident, it's an act of the grace of God. I'm not communicating here. And so if at the end of a month you take a certain portion of your income and you are giving it to God, you are just acknowledging his graciousness. He's been gracious to you. With all your mess, you should have been fired, but he kept you on the job. I'm not communicating here. He says, you know the grace. That's what, you see, the gentleman said, I know you. Paul says, we should know the grace of God. I know you. He knew all the wrong things. He didn't know the grace. He didn't know. This guy was so stupid, he did not know that the man had demonstrated a lot of grace to him. What? By making him his servant. You should thank God you have a master who has money. That is grace. He made you his servant. Now, in those days, you could just go to the market that and point to any of the people and choose. He came and he chose nobody else but you. That's grace. Joseph understood that same grace. He understood that when the boss went to the market and he was looking for somebody to buy, he could have bought many of them. I'm sure he saw a number of them. He selected A, B, C, D. He said, I like this. What's your name? He said, Joseph, I think I like you. Come here. And when it comes to us, the Bible says the same thing. You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. I'm not communicating here. He said, for by grace ye are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of work. Lest any man should boast. That's pure grace. Everything you have, everything you are, everything you will ever be is grace. Somebody say grace. That's grace from start to finish grace. Listen, you don't have a life without grace. 
Your life is hidden and buried in grace. Without grace, you have no relationship with God. Grace is what gives you access to God. Am I communicating here? Grace. That's what. The master's graciousness. Joseph understood the master's graciousness. And he was so conscious. He said, I cannot do this wickedness because he's been so gracious to me. Praise the Lord. That's how grace keeps us from the wrong thing. That is Joseph. The graciousness of God. Somebody say the graciousness of God. Titus chapter 3 verse 3. The message version. This is so, so nice. It wasn't so long ago. Listen, most of the time we forget too quickly. So it's important that we keep ourselves reminded. Somebody say reminded. Uh-huh. Reminded. We're driving to Accra and I was telling Pastor Francis that I, I, I'm very excited when I see Paul speaking and say, I, I, I would always put you in remembrance. I want to remind you. When I was uh, coming up as a young preacher, I heard a preacher that I respected, and I still respect a great deal, say he has never repeated the message. And I felt it was a, an awesome thing to aspire for until I met the greatest preacher of all time apart from Christ, Apostle Paul. And he says he repeats messages. I say, thank you, Jesus. I think I like this man. Praise the Lord. I like this man. I like this man. Because the reason why you have you become convicted that one plus one is two, it has been repeated to you. Ah, it has registered. Your system cannot reject the fact that one plus one is two. Am I communicating here? That's it. He said, It wasn't, you should not forget. You should not forget. He said, It was not long ago that we ourselves were stupid. Will you describe yourself like this? Sometimes look at yourself in the mirror and describe yourself like this and humble yourself. Now you seem to have something. Now you seem to have gotten something and it's eating you up. You think that you are in a certain class. Who put you in that class anyway? If you live in a class alone, you may die alone because woe unto him that is alone. In every good class God puts you in, try and bring other people into that class because it's dangerous to occupy a certain class alone. Am I communicating here? He said, it wasn't long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. Deeps. Deeps, deeps of sin. Ordered every way by our glance. Your glance. <laughs> Your hormones, they just move you like this. Then you are going. <laughs> they said, going around with chip on our shoulder. Hated and hating back. Look at verse number. But when God. Somebody say, when God. Ooh, I like it when those introductions come. But when God, who our kind and loving Savior, God, stepped in, Kalosha. Do you remember when God stepped in? You know where you were when God stepped in. When you were writing that exam, now we are talking to you about first fruits and you are thinking about what that money can do, one month, what it can do. You remember when you are going for that final exams, that aura, and you were not sure how you are going to make it. And you were like, Lord, have mercy. You've forgotten it now. Now you're a specialist. Now you are this and, and they give you so much and you think that you are somebody. I pity you. You are on the wrong track. The Bible says, when our God stepped in, everything was going bad until he stepped in. Everything is going bad until he stepped in. Everything is going bad until he stepped in. He saved us from all that and what he's doing? Somebody say he's doing. He's doing. Say he's doing. He's doing. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing. He's doing. We have nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath. We came out of it new people. Washed inside out. 
by the Holy Spirit. Verse f- f- 6, he says, let's go on. Our Savior st- poured, out, poured out new life so generously. 7, let's go. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and has given back our lives. And there is more to come, an eternity of life. Mommy, it's only mommy who understood it. An eternity of life. Do you know what was ahead of you? It was an eternity of gloom and doom. But no, because he stepped in. Not only do you have a meaningful life on earth, but there is an eternity of life there. Verse 7, verse 8. Let me close. uh, Let me end with that. You can count on this. Look at this. I want you to put your foot down. Take a firm stand on these matters. So that those who have put their trust in God will concentrate on the essentials that are good for everyone. (laughs) So number one is the graciousness of God. Somebody say the graciousness of God. That's it. The master's graciousness. Number two is the master's generosity. His generosity. His generosity. Listen, every time you are giving it, the first thing you think of, you should think about is God's generosity towards you. Because we love him because he first loved us. Somebody say, we love him because he first loved us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where it starts from. It's not, didn't begin. This whole thing did not start with you, man. It started with him. It was his idea. If you read Ephesians, he tells you that it was God's idea. He planned it a long time ago that we should come into a relationship with him. It's not our doing. Here, yeah. The master's generosity. Look at Joseph. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. Look at that. Personal what? That is where he showed him grace. You have brought a stranger into your house and you have made him your bodyguard. Ah, an Egyptian? You should look for somebody... Do you know the kind of person that is likely to be Daniel Kufuado's bodyguard? Somebody is known for a very long time. Very long time. Very long time. Nobody rises to fame and then suddenly chooses anybody. No. They grow with certain people. He says he made him his bodyguard. That was grace demonstrated. <laughs> because in Potiphar's house, if you remember, there were many servants. How many of you remember that there were many servants? In fact, the day the woman planned to rape Joseph, she had to plan it in such a way that she sent all of them. Some of them went to Afghanistan. Some of them went to Niger. Some of them went to Tunisia. All of those places. And when they were away, that was the day she was going to execute her plan. So he brought him in grace. Then he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owed. That, that, that is too much. That's generosity. That's what? Generosity. He showed him so much love. Put him in charge. Everything that he had everything he had that was extreme generosity let me tell you this man didn't the, the servant who said you are wicked he didn't know that one you are a slave i bought you that's grace and then i am traveling i've given you goose to also manage you are saving me you are working with me can you imagine you are working with me and then i use my own capital i open another shop i say manage it when you manage you go there then you say you are managing it and you are managing the money too. Can you imagine that? Just think about that. I've opened a shop for you. Manage the shop. Now you are managing the shop and you are managing the profit in your pocket. You will come, give account, and you render some into this the main account and a side account. The man didn't know that. 
he didn't know that the master had been so generous to him. He looked at it, what he had. Ah, one pen with him, But he didn't know that he didn't have to work for it. When the master was traveling, I'm not told that they went and they begged him. He said, Master, no. He thought of them long advance because he's kind, loving hearted, and generous. He said, Let me give you something. I will be aware for a long time. Let me give you something to occupy you. Let me give you something so you can have something to eat. Let me give you some money so you can, when you give birth to children, you can take them to school. Let me give you a gift, an ability, so when you go to school, you can uh, pass your exam, earn good money, so that in due season, now all that money comes, and you say, I'm sitting on it. <laughs> I don't know want to use the, right, the, the, the word to describe you, but you don't understand generosity. Let me tell you something about God's generosity. Listen, God was generous to us in the past. God is generous to us today. God will be generous to us tomorrow. That's why if you ever hear anybody say no one can outgive God, that is the sense. You can outgive God. Whatever you can give to God is only today. Pastor James, tomorrow if I, I happen to escape this body and I go, whatever I can give to God while I'm on earth are the things I give to him today and the things I gave to him yesterday. But I can't give to God tomorrow. I'm not communicating here. God is giving me today. He gave me yesterday. The Bible said, God who did not spare his own son but gave him up freely unto us. That's in the past. He gave us in the past. And then he said, give us this day our daily bread. He says, it's of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. His compassions, they are new every morning. Every day when you wake up, God is giving you another chance, another shot, another shot at life. You can't take it for granted. That is extreme generosity. And when you bring something, you are bringing something. That's why you can't... You can, the Bible says, who has given anything to God? Who has given... Nobody truly can give to God because one, you don't have anything to give to Him. Whatever you bring to Him is something He gave you. That's what David understood. He says, who are we and what is our house that we should be able to give anything to us? For everything we have is yours. And what we have given is what you have given back unto us. Am I communicating somebody at all? Everything everything the masters the masters what triple s the masters graciousness the masters generosity and three the masters goodness somebody say goodness say goodness your goodness is running out it's running out to me your goodness your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life with my life later I surrender now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me we'll come back to it now, look at the test with me. Let me work this to the end. His, his goodness. His goodness. The master's goodness. The gentleman didn't know the master's goodness. He said, I know you. You are wicked. Really? But this man was gracious, like you can see. Can you see that he's gracious? I want us to give our own verdict of the man. He said you know him. Now, we are also knowing him by the spirit. And it's different. He was gracious. He was generous and he was so good. Do you know what he gave to them was a test for promotion. It was a test for promotion. It was just a test. When he gave him, 
he was not what he gave him was nothing compared to everything he, he had he, the man was low dead so it wasn't something he was going to come and collect back but he wanted to prove something <laughs> can God trust you he is trying to prove you now everything that is passing in your hand today it is a proof it's a test can you pass the money test can you pass the money test it's a test when he came he said i will make you a ruler over cities that's goodness he's good he didn't come and say he came to settle accounts it's not like he's going to punish them and all of that he says let's see account when he saw that the person has been profitable he's put it into good use he said good well done good and faithful steward i will make you a ruler over many things then he told the other one well done good and faithful steward i will make you a ruler over many things when joseph said i can't do this and sin he had also experienced the goodness of his master the man had been so good to him joseph came in as probably the last uh, servant to be employed in no time as a slave boy he picks him he makes him his assistant grace demonstrated then he puts him in charge of his house that is another level of generosity then you know he spoiled joseph and when joseph he spoiled joseph joseph began joseph who came in tattered clothes joseph who was broke down and out he now started looking so fine the master has spoiled joseph so well that joseph the bible says was now very handsome look at we go there and joseph was a very handsome very handsome well-built young man where did he come with the beauty he came like that the one they saw the cloth that he was wearing you remember they they tore it they tore the cloth so he they sent him actually naked have you seen a naked man who is handsome when you even see him you can appreciate his beauty because your mind will be wandering at some wrong places you can appreciate the beauty of the person that was joseph he came home the man bathed and made nice now his wife said joseph i want you he said now you can't have me i am for my boss i'm not communicating here listen you see when we appreciate that we were deep in sin we're sold out we we were so dirty that the dirty the the most dirty person called us dirty and now by the grace of god we've been restored into a relationship with god that becomes a stronger motivation not to continue in sin i'm not communicating here that's what, that's what joseph said he said I, i'm not doing it because according to joseph look here look here let's see joseph's owners are close so his master gave him complete now listen complete responsive administrative responsibility over everything he owed first he put him in charge of his household and then he gave him complete including all the servants so joseph who himself is a servant now they are calling him oga i'm not communicating here joseph has now become oga in his august house wow i love potiphar i love potiphar he made him oga in his house and joseph said now listen if i am oga <laughs> there's a difference between me and my boss and the difference is the wife i have everything else except that one and i want to keep it that way i want to honor my boss i want to keep it that way and when joseph made that decision you know it was still possible that joseph passed in order to come to egypt and become prime minister because listen if joseph had gone into potiphar's wife do you know what you'll be doing with uh, pharaoh's wife and concubines by the time no, no you just think about it no, 
God, that's what I'm telling you. God knows you from very afar. He knows you afar. He knows you too well. He knows you too well. So this whole thing, I love you, Lord. Tears are flowing and your, your, your hands are tight-fisted. No tightening, no commitment to God, no commitment to his heart. You think you can bribe God. You prophesy. You shall be a millionaire. Receive it. Listen. Stop frustrating yourself. The more you receive it, the further it will go away from you. Qualify for it. Qualify for it. Am I going to get here? Qualify for it. Qualify for it. That's how Joseph came into a place. Listen. Wait, let me tell you something. With what God has done for us in Christ, eh? the grace we have received, alright? The generosity he has extended to us and is still extending to us. <laughs> if he doesn't give us anything again in response to whatever we give, that should be enough. Are you here with me? That should be enough. That should be enough. If you are not greedy, that should be enough. If you are not greedy, that should be enough. But you know, God's goodness is so much that after all of that, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. He said, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ah, reward after Christ dying in grace, after giving me generous such generosity. You are still promising me reward in time and eternity. That is too much. That is too much. Am I going to get here? That is too much. Jesus, your love is too much. Oh, too much. Oh, too much. Oh, excess love. That's too much. If you ever complain about giving anything to God, you don't understand these things. You don't understand His graciousness. And by all means, you have not experienced his generosity or you are denying your experience with his generosity daily and of course you have no idea of his goodness that he has in stock for you eyes have not seen or ear neither have it entered into the heart of men the things with God has prepared his goodness for them that love him I declare that as your heart is repositioned, listen, as your heart is repositioned and as you commit to working with the word of God in this season I see God commit great things into your hands. Anything you have been aspiring to get, anything you have been yearning to get, and yet the more you struggle, the farther it gets away from you. As reposition your heart, as you begin to find your steps and do what God wants you to do, I see them releasing to your life. 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 Lift up your hands and I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to receive grace. It's our year of grace. You are are saying, Lord, give me grace to be a faithful steward. Grant me grace to be a faithful steward. And every prophetic word pronounced now shall manifest in your life. The God who kept you and preserved you, provided for you and protected you from January 1st, you will continue to do the same to the end of the year. In the mighty name of Jesus. There shall not be any evil news in our church family. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone who has carried seed in this season, you will bring forth safely. In the name of Jesus. Everyone that is trusting God for a fruit of a womb before December, your your pregnancy will show forth. Before this month is over, you are pregnant. In the name of Jesus. 
every stagnation you have experienced in your business from January to date from today that stagnation turns to speed it turns to speed it turns to speed it turns to speed every application you have made that is here to come through whether it's for a visa, it's for a contract, it's for a job a decree is released to you a decree is released to you a decree is released to you anyone who promised you in the first half but dishonored it in this half beginning from tonight the Holy Ghost will visit them and in their dream they will rise up looking for you tomorrow morning in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus sickness and disease shall be far from you sickness and disease shall be far from you from your household from your children from your wife from your house servants in the name of Jesus you're going out and you're coming in his preserved. You're going out and you're coming in his preserved. You're going out and you're coming in his preserved. In the name of Jesus. Your zeal for prayer. Your zeal for the love, the word of God. Your zeal and passion for kingdom service. That has been rekindled in this season of fasting and prayer. That zeal shall stay with you. It shall grow stronger and stronger. It shall go from strength to strength. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to your best half. 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 Amen. In the name of Jesus. You are blessed. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.